When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Michelangelo, a.k.a. Greg Sipes. You're listening to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's what's up. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And we don't have Mike this week. Mm-hmm. It's his birthday, is that correct? Yeah. Either that or he's out on some sort of like spiritual journey up in the mountains. He'll be he'll be back later though. Matt, two things can be true, right? Two things can be true. Spiritual You do journey. whatever you want on your birthday. No and judgment. Going up there for some meditation in the in the wilderness. That sounds great. Actually yeah. does. So, yeah, this week we're back with the 87 series, uh, only covering two episodes again since there's just the two of us. Yeah, don't read into it, Spencer, that like I was gone the last time we did 87 episodes and Mike is gone this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, maybe you guys need to record a, a few of these while I'm gone. <laughs> there we go. So uh, what, what episodes are we doing this week? Uh, we're doing 18 and 19 of season four. So that's uh, Slash, the evil turtle from Dimension X, and Leonardo lightens up. Yeah, very, you know, I mean, we we have Slash for the, you know, his first ever appearance, apparently. I think he'd already been designed as a toy, but this is like his first appearance as character in, in anything. I believe that's true, yeah. Because uh, what, I think Manhattan Project would have come out after this, I think. This is 1990. Yeah, he was a toy in 90, which I don't know if that means like January of 90 or December of 90. But yeah, I mean, but and this version of Slash is like way different from the version of Slash I grew up with in the Archie comics. And that one didn't premiere until like a year after this. Yeah, well, and this is this is just one episode, right? Uh, I think he comes back. Oh, he does come back. I think he has. He's at least in Night of the Rogues, which is like that's an all-star episode man it's like all the villains come back and like all the allies come back and fight each other it's oh wow it's pretty amazing it's uh, i heard about it on another podcast some guy said it was the best episode i went out and and found it and i tend to agree with them it's really fantastic wow i'm excited he's he's at least a one in another episode i think he's in another one too because i think he gets super intelligence at some point but that's not in night of the rogues so huh yeah that's interesting, especially knowing the context of everything that happens in the IDW series. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, should we uh tell a story about it then to get us started? Oh, I suppose so. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So this is Slash, the evil turtle from Dimension X. 
written by David Wise, original air date September 29th, 1990. Uh, full disclosure, I'm shooting from the hip on this. I watched this at like 3 a.m. two nights ago, and uh, then 10 minutes ago, I was like, oh crap, I need to uh, write up a summary. So, Spencer, if I completely missed some important point, please let me know. Yeah, your, your life schedule just seems like it's totally just like flipped on its head. Oh man, I'm just episodes at 3 a.m. It's like you're you're in college again or something. I know, yeah. It's actually uh, <laughs> several years of having a borderline drinking problem have really set me up for success when it comes to staying up all night with a newborn. Oh, there you go. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> in the Technodrome, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady have been put on cleaning duty while Shredder and Krang work on a new super mutagen. Bebop and Rocksteady decide to steal the super mutagen to make their own mutant to do all of the cleaning and end up mutating Bebop's pet turtle Slash into a mutant. Slash is kind of dumb, and he loves his binky, which is the plastic palm tree that was in his aquarium bowl before he was mutated. Unfortunately, Bebop loses the palm tree, and Slash goes on a rampage before Bebop and Rocksteady are able to convince him that his binky is through a portal to Earth. Now, in the sewers of New York, the turtles run across Fenton Q. Hackenbrush, who's actually a like real estate developer for a, a wealthy billionaire, uh, Donald Lofty, um, and he's planning to put some condos in the sewers. The turtles chase him off. Um, also, Donald Lofty is planning to shoot garbage into space on a giant rocket uh, to save the city's trash problem. That'll come up later. Uh, Slash eventually runs across uh, Hack and Brush, who convinces him that he knows where Slash's binky is, but that Slash will have to first destroy the historic Freedom Bell to obtain it. Hackenbrush is hoping the public will think the Slash is one of the Ninja Turtles and they'll be arrested and won't bother with the sewer condo development. It works. Uh, the public turns against the Turtles and even April is fooled when Slash shows up to a pizzeria. The Turtles show up to the Freedom Bell to stop Slash only to be soundly defeated and trapped within the bell. Slash makes his way to Hackenbrush who is showing off the garbage rocket and reveals that he is behind the destruction. In Dimension X, Shredder finds out what Bebop and Rocksteady have done and send them out in the new Techno Wing to retrieve Slash. They run across the Turtles, who hijack the ship and make their way to the garbage rocket. Slash finds out that Hack and Brush was lying, so Slash decides to get his vengeance by commandeering the trash rocket, hoping to slam it back into the city. The Turtles show up and board the rocket. Michelangelo distracts Slash with a pizza box while Don tries to land the ship. It's no use, though. The controls are stuck and the rocket will just keep going up into space. The Turtles abandon ship, but uh, Slash is still aboard. Luckily, Krang opens a portal to Dimension X that the rocket flies through. However, it doesn't just uh, stop in the Technodrome. Uh, Slash actually just sends all the garbage in the Technodrome, then it busts out the wall and keeps going deeper into Dimension X. The billionaire Donald Lofty thanks the Turtles for their help and makes it clear that they won't have to worry about losing their homes to any new Kano developments. The end. All right, man. What a riveting story. Riveting, yes. Riveting. I mean, it was, you know, it, I feel like it was a little different. That's probably the beginning of the uh, kind of more mutant of the week-esque episodes, I feel like, that we kind of will probably see more of in the future. I was thinking, like, what was the last character of the week we've had that was, like, a, a known character in a toy? It was probably, like, Casey Jones, right, back in Season 3? That was, like, halfway through. Yeah, I'm... I feel like there's been a few. I mean, there's like the punk frogs. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa was just in the last episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. She only had one episode. But 
it, you know, so we're, I feel like we're starting to, yeah, I mean, that pretty much means that we're starting to slowly get into Mutant of the Week, you know, territory then, huh? Because mm-hmm. before it actually hasn't really been that. Like, I've heard a lot of people describe it that way, the show that way, but like a lot of these seasons actually haven't been, haven't been mutants. It's just kind of been like different 80s tropes or parodies of something yeah. that's coming out already at the time. I think it was you that said, like, it's even worse than Mutant of the Week because it's just like, you know, real estate schemes and bank robberies and different uh, different things that turn out to be different things that happen to be able to power the Technodrome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> week. It's, yeah, it's like different things that can power the Technodrome every week. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's nothing more than that uh, yeah. for a lot of it. So, you know, like, they don't even have the excuse of the, the, the fact that they're promoting a toy. Like, it's, it's literally, they just like, oh, what are they going to power the Technodrome with this week? Yeah, I'm amazed. I mean, we talked at the top of the episode about how few episodes that Slash is in, but, like, he was a big toy, and same with, like, Leatherhead. We haven't seen him forever. Casey Jones is only in, like, three episodes. I I thought this show was just, like, chocked full of toys, but really, it's just the turtles running around at the yeah. time. Yeah, and it's, like, that's, that's the thing is, like, Slash, like, a lot of people talk about Slash and how much they like him, but I guess we can get more to this in the second time around, but it's interesting because a lot of people, I feel like, actually remember the toy not really this episode <laughs> yeah yeah for the toy and like i knew him from the archie comics he's yeah the archie comics, comics as well he's like an alien in the archie comics and he still likes palm trees but it's because it's from his home planet but it got turned into like a, a nuclear dump basically so huh yeah interesting well anyway anyhow we're, we're cutting into our other segments i'll, I'll get into leonardo lightens up so this episode was written by Dan DiStefano, uh, and it was also released September 29th, 1990. Splinter is out on a spiritual journey, so the turtles are left alone at their lair. Leo is being extra bossy, and the other turtles want him to lighten up. Up in the city, a failed musician is wreaking havoc uh, with extremely loud speakers. They're so loud that they're like destroying buildings and shattering windows and stuff, and he's Eventually starting to go by the name G-Clef as his villain name. He had some other name, but I couldn't remember it, and I doubt we'll ever see him again. So G-Clef, he uses his device to rob banks by making everyone run away because it's so loud and also like destroying the wood doors and stuff and then just taking the money uh, or his henchmen going and take the money. Back at the lair, Mikey and Raph get into Donnie's closet of inventions and find his behavioral modification ray because they want to make a Leonardo lighten up. Don, uh, of course, does not want them using it because it's not fully tested and everything else and perfected. So they start tussling and fighting over it. But then Leo comes walking in to see what the whole uh, fuss is about and they accidentally shoot him. Leo is now an obnoxious jokester that doesn't take anything seriously at all. After he leaves, April shows up to tell them about the city's newest threat. They go get Leo to have him lead them to save the day, but he's not, at the, he's not in the lair. So they go find him surfing at the beach. They try to get him to help, but he refuses. So then they go and try and fight G-Clef on their own using special helmets on design to block out the sound. But G-Clef's speakers shatter them. They try to get Leo again, but he still refuses. Splinter comes home and the turtles explain the predicament. They go with Splinter and Splinter challenges Leo to a skate off. If Splinter wins, Leo has to come back to the lair. 
Splinter wins by cheating? Uh, he circles around Leo and then Leo crashes into a garbage can or something. So therefore he loses. But still, Splinter wins. So Leonardo comes back to the lair and they zap him. Back to his normal self, he leads the turtles against G-Clef. This time they use earmuffs to stop the sound and they easily defeat him and win. The city is saved. And also, there's room for all sorts of different personalities and everything else in this world. And, uh, you know, we just have to, I guess, learn to be tolerant and uh, learn to appreciate the good sides of them. As Splinter, you know, says more or less, I paraphrased, but that's pretty much what the message is. The end. <laughs> Always going to have a moral at the end of the story, right? Yeah, and you know, this is actually one of the better morals, not going to lie, you know? I, I guess that's one of the things that maybe made this episode worth it. I can get Wait. behind that. I mean, when the morals for the other episode was like, don't commandeer a trash rocket, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or do. I mean, or, or maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean, do commandeer a foot plane, but don't commandeer a trash rocket. <laughs> right, yeah. Do hijack people, but only when necessary. Oh, man. Terrible. All right. <laughs> let's let's uh, second time around these episodes, I guess. Hey, nice junk. So, has Crane had veins in his eyes before this episode? Like, I, I noticed them for, like, the first time watching this episode. I, maybe they've always been there. Maybe his eyes were a deeper purple and, like, the, the veins were, like, a more vibrant red. But I just felt like they were way more noticeable than normal. I noticed that, too. I'm, and now you've got me guessing. I don't <laughs> think he usually does. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to pull up a picture. No, they're usually just purple, it looks like. Okay, so he has veins in his eyes in this episode. Don't know why. I just noticed it. Figured I'd bring it up. And yeah, he looks like... It. He looks extra insane with those veins in his eyes, too. He, <laughs> he looks extra insane, extra stoned, or extra <laughs> lack of sleep, you know, if he does... <laughs> right. um, let's see. For those of you keeping track, way back in Cowabunga Shredhead, Season 3, episode 18, Bebop says that he always wanted a pet turtle in that episode. And here we see that he finally, between then and now, has gotten his wish and has a pet turtle. So there you go. That's going annuity right there. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Way to go, 87. I also think uh, this is the first appearance of the Techno Wing. I think that might be those weird planes that are now showing up in the opening of this show. Like... If you look when Shredder appears, there's a big portal behind him and planes fly out of it. I always uh -huh. thought that was weird, but I think it might be the Techno Wing. So there you go. I didn't I didn't even notice that in the opening. <laughs> it's one of the it's actually like the only thing in the opening that logically would make a whooshing sound, even though they put a whooshing sound like every four seconds in the opening. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, I'm not a fan of the new opening at all yeah like there was a part of me that like it definitely grabs my attention more now because i'm i'm so used to seeing the original opening so like it does pull me in a little bit more than it did before but it's only because i'm like whoa oh yeah this is a thing now <laughs> yeah did you notice that uh the next episode leo lightens up uh actually has a slightly different new opening to it like it doesn't start with like the sewer tunnel going through it's it's like on the simpsons when they don't do the entire like opening they just do like homer 
yelling and running into the garage. It just like opens with like Raph on the roof already. Uh-huh. I'm... I I can't tell if that was like an error on the DVD or, or if it was meant to be that way. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. Oh. The one thing I do want to bring up, so we already talked about how this is Slash's first appearance. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's interesting to see kind of his like lack of intelligent animalistic nature kind of repeat itself in future stories. I haven't read the Archie comics, but in the IDW comics, he starts out as kind of a savage animal mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, gains more intelligence. You know, you learn that he's actually kind of a sweet character and then he becomes intelligent later on. Yeah. So I do find it kind of cool to see that uh, playing out. Uh, later on and kind of be adapted in a different way in the future that's awesome yeah in the archie series like i said he was an alien i think he was a fugitive i could be wrong about that but he was definitely more brutal than uh just stupid you know (laughs) but he wasn't like he wasn't super intelligent he wasn't super dumb he was just like uh think like wolverine you know like Uh smart kind of yeah okay yeah and and again, obsessed with palm trees, but for a different reason. Because they, he lived on like a garbage dump planet, and they reminded him of his home planet. No, oh. well, there you yeah, know. yeah. He sounds like an interesting character. Like I, I've really grown attached to the IDW version of him. That was like my first introduction to the character, mm-hmm. and he's just so sweet and lovable, and also tragic. That like I can't help but love it, but. I've heard a lot of people say that they prefer the Archie version. Sometimes I just wonder if it has to do with like, that's what you first encountered. And he also seems like he was written pretty well. Yeah. I, I definitely, what you what you first encountered definitely, but also like he was one of the better characters in that story. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to spoil something for you here, Spencer, if you don't mind. All right. Well, if you're a listener and you haven't read these yet, <laughs> plug your ears, but I'm going to hear, cause I'm curious now. Okay. As long as you're okay with it. I want to put, I'm okay on. with it. Okay. So, um, he eventually joins Mutanimals. Kind of, I don't ever think he actually wow. officially becomes a member, but like he kind of goes with that crew. Well, the Mutanimals die, and wow. uh, then he winds up on Maligna's ship with like the turtles and the future versions of the turtles. I forget exactly how they got there. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, they like fight their way off the ship, and they find an escape pod, and there's not like enough room for everyone. So Slash actually stays behind and like fights off the the guards that are coming to stop them so the rest of the crew can get away while the mothership falls into a sun so like he he dies in the archie comics and they do that again in the idw series but i i like the death in the archie comics better because he like actually chose to stay behind whereas in the idw it was like well he already had had he had already had a bomb planted in him like there was no choice to be made you know but like like as a kid reading that like that was the first time i think like a character had really died in a comic for me yeah, so I think like that's a, a, a little extra bit to it, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, no, that, that is pretty cool. Like I did not know about that. Yeah, he was a really cool character, and like I mean, he, he didn't have this uh, like weird metal buck tooth design that he has in the show. He had the cool like uh, action figure and video game design, you know, which mm-hmm. that that one's really really badass. So. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I do like it. Um, I don't really have anything else for 19. I, for like Leonardo lightens up, I was kind of trying to think of, of something, you know, it's the first time I've ever seen G clef, but I also think it's the last time. Uh, <laughs> See, uh, that guy, like back when we watched a uh, menace maestro, I thought like this was the kind of character we were going to get. 
Oh yeah. You know? Uh-huh. I, I forget. Was that the one that was like aliens and it was Phantom of the Opera? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay. Goodness gracious. <laughs> it's all a fever dream at this point. You know? <laughs> For real. This is also a Dan DeStefano's only episode. So when he, he only wrote this one episode. Um, and now did you do what I did and take a shot every time they mentioned Leo lightening up? Uh, they say it like five times in this episode. <laughs> I, I can't say that I did, but they do bring it up a lot. And I'm kind of like, I get it. You know, it's the title of the episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Look at you go. Said <laughs> <laughs> <Get> it again. <laughs> Yeah, ring a bell every time they do it. (laughs) All right, then. We'll talk about our anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. Man, Slash the Evil Turtle. uh, Prototypical David Wise episode, right? Like, there's just too much going on. It's like, there's a cool evil turtle, but also they're still just fighting, like, real estate schemes and bad publicity. And, like... Any of the two, but all three in the same episode is just too much, you know? Yeah. Well, and the, the other thing like, on top of it is, like, Slash isn't even, like, really that cool. <laughs> right. You know, he, he's just kind of like this guy that just wants his binky. Yeah, he's not really evil. Yeah, he just kind of wants his binky, and he'll do anything to get it. And he destroys a bunch of things so he can finally get his binky, and then he takes off in a trash rocket, and... Yeah, it's just that's kind of he's not really he's not really anything. (laughs) Yeah, which is the same thing they did to Baxter Stockman too. He like took off into the space in a rocket and has been trapped in Dimension X or or whatever limbo dimension forever. Uh huh. And yeah, so Slash isn't evil. I don't think he's just like gullible, maybe right? Yeah. Well, turtle. Go ahead. He's just not very like smart. He just kind of gets a little like animalistic at times. He kind of, you know, like throws temper tantrums that are kind of like, you know, getting angry. And he, he just kind of wants his, like, that's all it is. Like he just wants his binky. Like he, that's, that's like it. That is all this yeah. character. That's all that drives him. That's his motivations. He's not malicious or anything. He just wants his binky and he will therefore do anything to get his binky, which is a plastic palm tree. I actually think uh, in this episode, the turtles are way more evil than Slash is. So, like, it starts off with them. They, like, run across these sewer workers and immediately attack them. Yeah. Like, the, for no reason, really. They're just, like, doing their job. Like, aha, stop, you fools. Stay on our turf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As though they own the entire sewer. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Then later, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, they show up in the, in the techno wing. And they're like, oh, God, it's Bebop and Rocksteady. And the two mutants are like, hey, guys, we're also looking for Slash. And the turtles just, like, kick him out of the jet yeah. and steal the thing. And I was I was waiting for, like, a team-up, like, episode where it's like, oh, wow, we're going to get to see, like, the turtles have to team up with their enemies yeah. to, like, accomplish a common goal. No, they just grab them, throw them out of the, like, the... Yeah, and the <laughs> turtles are, like, definitely the aggressors there, too. Like, yeah. people in Rocksteady were just sitting there. <laughs> then... The controls for the trash rocket uh, go haywire. The thing's going to just keep shooting off into space. Mike and Don get out of the ship. Slash tries to get out, and they lock him into it. (laughs) (laughs) They leave him to die on a runaway rocket. And then Donald Lofty is like, hey, uh, you know, thanks for your help again. We've never seen this guy before. And there's even a, like, 
a shot where like Raph and Don kind of look at each other like what's he talking about and Don kind of gives him a thumbs up like just go with it man so like they deceive an elderly person at the end of this episode like they are way more evil than Slash was this entire episode <laughs> oh man the other thing is like there's this is like a second crooked ninja turtles gang story like yeah. it's like another story where this guy's just like oh man we got to give him we got to make the whole town hate him. So here, put on these disguises and go sully their reputation. And then eventually they have Slash just sully their reputation. It's like, okay, we're getting another Crooked Ninja Turtle gang story. Yeah. Like, a, that's a repeat. Uh, well, that's, wasn't that like, they were worried about that with Casey Jones when he first showed up too, because he like moved through the sewers and was a vigilante. Like, they're going to think it's us. Yeah. He's, they keep They keep fighting bad publicity. Yeah. And then uh, this one's just like is way more on the nose than Casey. That was like Casey, I can kind of forgive because it's like, okay, you know, like they're similar in different ways. It's fine. This one, it's just like they straight up like have people dressing up like turtles to go out and commit crimes mm-hmm. to sully the turtles reputation. <laughs> it's like it's like the exact same plot. Right. Um, the other thing is, is like they break their their mutagen rules. Like, you know, the, you when you become a mutant, it's supposed to be like the last thing you touched before you touched the mutagen. But the last thing you touched was a mutant warthog. And that just turns into a mutant man turtle when he touches the mutagen for whatever reason. Yeah, he should have like a mohawk at least, right? Or like yeah, a mohawk or like a maybe some fur. I, I don't know. You know, yeah. something. something. And my other thing is like how easily Slash just beats the turtles. Like he's like a new mutant. And he's never been trained in martial arts or anything. And suddenly he's like now just like the most powerful character I think we've ever seen in this whole show because oh, yeah. he beats the turtles easier than anyone I think I've ever seen fight the turtles. <laughs> right. Well, he's he's in super mutagen, which they fail to explain what that means necessarily. But oh. also that doesn't explain why he's like super good with swords. So I don't know. He's, he, just, he just pretty much just flat out like knocks the turtles on their shells just throws them around like they they do not stand a chance they don't touch him (laughs) (laughs) that's probably why they locked him in a rocket to die they're like we can't deal with this guy (laughs) guy. kill us right (laughs) not if we kill him first that's that's actually the first rule of being a ninja by the way (laughs) that's the most ninja they've been <laughs> this is yeah you're not wrong this is the most ninja they've been the whole time they're actually like proactively taking out a threat before it can uh, take out <laughs> oh man this is the dark and gritty ninja, ninja turtles you've been looking for <laughs> yeah this episode the one where like the turtles looking for his binky yeah it's the darkest it's the darkest episode. darkest timeline darkest timeline <laughs> My my final thing is like April really can't tell the difference between Slash and the other turtles. Man, like, I got I got all the way through my uh, through my summary, and I was like, wasn't there a part with April where she was confused? And yeah, but how? Like how is she? He's got spikes coming out of his back. He's wearing like a a metal uh, eye patch. Like he's got a different voice at first she says like oh you know like what's with the weird disguise guys and it's like really like you think they're gonna disguise as like an even more obscene (laughs) turtle you know yeah i'll dress up as another turtle to disguise myself yeah that doesn't make any sense whatsoever (laughs) yeah so it's like she really can't recognize them like he's got a different voice 
she's also just kind of a jerk to him in this episode like they call her with a tip about this guy and she's like has like this whole response of like well this had better be good kind of thing <laughs> like <laughs> she does not seem like their friend at all just kind of like an acquaintance that uh you know with some mutual benefits or something going on yeah why were they calling her i don't remember the when it was. They wanted her to expose the guy trying to give him bad publicity. The oh, the hack and hack and brush. Yes, the guy trying to build the underground condos. You know, he was going to scam the whole city by building condos underground where the sewers are supposed to be. And what? <sighs> what? What is the scam there? Because like those condos would still need sewers, right? exactly like i get none of that makes sense like underground yeah. condos that would like get rid of the city's sewers so there's no sewers like like that would not stand for like even just a little bit the second someone lost plumbing anyway yeah what is the end game there we're, we're probably overthinking you know this this cartoon from the 80s about Ninja i think we're i think we're just thinking we're not overthinking we're just thinking yes <laughs> no, like the second i heard underground condos i was like what yeah his plan is to replace the sewers anyway yeah it's it's a doesn't make any sense motivation at it's all like it's like he's never lived in the city that he's lived in like what are all these skyscrapers we can't do that we gotta build down not up <laughs> into the sewers you know like where the sewers are at we'll build condos there just just replace them no one's it's already, using got, them. It's already got running water uh mr hackenbrush that's not water <laughs> It's just like you know, no, no, no one's using any of this space. Like no one's, no one's doing anything with it. Like we can just put condos here. Yeah. Meanwhile, the turtles are like, the entire sewer system is ours. Get out of here. Show me your permits. Zarter. Yeah. Weird, weird stuff. Yeah. It's it's weird that all that is in an episode that features an evil mutant turtle. You know. <laughs> There's that too. Like I feel like yeah. you could have been a little bit more straightforward with it. Maybe. Right. Maybe that would be worse writing. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's better this way. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to Leo lightens up? Yeah. Uh, just a just a piggyback off my idea that the turtles are evil. This episode features the turtles shooting one of their brothers because they don't like his personality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is like Justice League identity crisis kind of things going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it wants you to believe that that's what it is but <laughs> yeah uh, i only have one anchovy written but like uh -huh. this this isn't a great episode but the uh -huh. thing that got me was like they're like we need leo to lead us and it's it's like do you really but also when they get leo to lead him leo's the only one that could think of earmuffs to fight the guy with giant sound waves like that's like donatello couldn't think of that or like anyone else in the world like if something's too loud you put in earplugs they needed leo to to walk them through that <laughs> i don't know yeah well and then like on top of that why didn't they just bring the ray with them to shoot him like why did he have to come back to the lair they could have <laughs> just like driven up in the van without him knowing pointed at him shot him <laughs> and he would be back to normal like, yeah, the rest of the turtles' problem-solving skills are awful because even when they're initially trying to find Leonardo, they go out on the blimp. Like, they don't know, like, he's not up in the sky. Why'd they bring the blimp? <laughs> well, yeah, well, the other thing on top of that is, like, the way they zero in on him is they, like, zero in on skate parks. 
And then they're just like, oh, wow, there's still a ton of skate parks. And they're like, all right, well, now we'll look for skaters with like shells on their backs. And it's like, couldn't you just start with that? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, did, did you really have to start with skate parks? If there's so yeah. many skate parks, like just, just look for the skating turtle first. Even that, it's like they, they track down April's turtle com all the time. They already have an excuse to be able to track them down. Like why do they need this whole elaborate like uh, blimp and, and shell tracking system? Yeah, I think it's just because, you know, like contract, like contractually, they had to like show the blimp again in an episode, you know, for it's the been seven episodes, show the blimp again. <laughs> you got to make the kids want it. All right. They got to want it. Forget the fact that the last episode featured a rocket, another uh, vehicle that goes up in the sky. They had to put the blimp in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, like, I mean, yeah, Leo's obnoxious, but that's, that's what he's supposed to be. So I can't really complain that much about it. Because uh, that, that's, you know, that's the whole point of this episode is that he's become obnoxious. Uh, it just wasn't a good episode. You know, the villain was really, really forgettable. He just kind of was there doing his thing in the background the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and again, earmuffs. Earmuffs and like a, a frontal assault. You know, like if it had been like Leo comes up with this elaborate way to defeat this villain, sure. Yeah. But cover your ears and charge at him. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a plan. You know, it was a plan. It'd be one thing if they were like, oh, well, if we go behind his speakers, the speakers don't, the sound waves don't blast that way. So we'll be able to sneak up behind him and get him, you know, something. But well, even the idea that this guy is robbing banks with what appear to be like two story tall speakers that two regular schmoes are just dragging around the city. Like, yeah. I don't know, the whole thing. The, the whole thing is, yeah, just incredibly forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope I forget about it soon. Me too. The, the whole thing is, yeah, it just doesn't really work, I guess. Maybe maybe, it, maybe it's not forgettable, but it's not forgettable for all the wrong reasons. Right, right. Well, that's all I've got for these yeah. two. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, done uh, it's getting to I Love Being a Turtle. Oh, I love being a turtle. So I did think that the joke was pretty funny when he has his, you know, crooked ninja turtle gang, the the evil businessman, Hackenbrush. Yes, Hackenbrush. I keep forgetting his name. Hackenbrush. He has his gang, and it's like his his cronies that are also in suits. And so he tells them to go commit like daring crimes. And they're just like, um, what we don't know how to do any daring crimes. And he's just like, oh, you know, like go rob a bank. And they're like, um, we don't know how to do that. And he's like, well, you know, go do a holdup. And they're like, we don't have any guns. He's like, well, what do you know how to do? And they're just like, embezzlement. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a credit card fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, for, I forgot that that was even part of this episode. There's so much going on in this episode. There yeah. is. But, but those jokes did make me laugh. It was pretty funny. That was a good one. Yeah. I enjoyed it. The only thing I have for Slash the Evil Turtle from Dimension X is that I kind of expected to hate Slash, but I really didn't. I like he was okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's like my favorite version, but you know, he was all right. He wasn't the worst thing on the planet. Yeah. I expected him to be like way dumber and way more annoying mm-hmm. than he wasn't. So there's something. Kudos. Yeah. Kudos to the writers for not making him 
dumber and and more obnoxious <laughs> right a low bar and one that they crossed <laughs> um man i really wish i could say more for this episode uh same it, it, i i we beat the dead horse but i hate to say that like the the episode featuring one of the coolest characters from my childhood and one of the coolest characters from ninja turtles is just like it's so full of stuff that's just boring you know like there's not enough focus on the character that's being introduced it was pretty yeah. cool yeah you know like i said it was pretty all right um so i guess we'll move into 19 yeah uh i liked i liked the moral you know that anyone's uh you know that there's room in the world for all sorts of different personalities you know you just got to be patient for with those that maybe clash with yours but at the end of the day like it's all these personalities working together to get things done. You know, you need different people for different roles and it's just the way life is. Yeah. So I really like the part where Splinter comes home from his meditation in the mountains and he's like, okay, we got to get Leonardo. So he totally like pulls a like, Hey, fellow kids, you know, he shows up with a yeah. skateboard and like elbow pads over his kimono yeah. And then Leo starts a skateboard around. And he's like, oh crap, he's really good. <laughs> His only recourse is just like cheat and knock Leo over and then be like, all right, tie him up and get him in the car. Let's go. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was funny. The other thing is, is so question were those helmets actually used in the 80s? Do you remember this in 19, 1990? Man, I have never seen a helmet like that's. Those are worse than those old like leatherhead uh, uh, football helmets because they're just yeah. like I mean, it's a jock strap on their head. It's just like cloth straps. Yeah. Are there are there helmets? Don't they wear helmets like that in like the second Back to the Future movie? Are there are there helmets like that in that? I feel like I like that. That's what it reminded me of for some reason. Is remember seeing the guys on the hoverboards? Yeah. That's, it's like just tickling in the back of my brain though. Like I. That at least covers the head, though. Uh, but yeah, these these don't look like they do anything. I, I was just curious: is is if those were actual helmets that people wore or not? I have never seen a helmet like that in my life. Like it doesn't look like it would help at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to see if there's anything that I've ever seen that's like that. But there's gonna drop one into our chat it looks similar but it's also like padded and quite a bit more protective i think hmm yeah i'm, I'm looking at a bunch of pictures from back to the future too and i don't know where my brain is pulling this false memory from yeah, oh, there's the guy with the helmet oh yeah see there's one that yeah it's got like lines Anyway, yeah, it's like got like big gaps in it and it's just kind of there. But there is like the the one dude with like a baseball bat that anyway, I've never seen Back to the Future too. Uh <laughs> I haven't either. First no problem. But there, there is a helmet that is somewhat similar. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Like, okay, well, anyway. But these like everyone I'm seeing is like antique, which would be before the 80s, I believe. Yeah, like that. This is a black and white photo. Yeah. So for whatever reason, I, I guess maybe that's those are the kind of helmets they found in the sewers, and that's why they're using those. Right. 
The only reason I could think was that so uh, Splinter's ears could stick out the top of it. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just go with those. <laughs> Maybe they just had a thing for like retro uh, skate safety. You know, I, I don't right. know. Material. Someone was a 1950s bike enthusiast. and was like, yeah, these, these work. Don't worry. I want to put these on Splinter. Well, I guess that's it for I Love Being a Turtle then. Yeah. Uh, they're episodes. They're, yeah. Like, like overall, they're, they're just another couple episodes of this series. Like, I, I used to have, like, so many complaints, like, all the time for this series. But, like, it's gotten to the point now where, like, it's normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm used to it now. <laughs> I seem to a point where I'm like, I just need to remember one thing from every episode. So I'll remember that Slash was introduced. I'll remember that Splinter uh, tried to beat Leonardo in a skate contest and wound up just knocking him over instead. Yeah. yeah you just remember these little things and I don't know. Yeah, like I, I guess in a way it's kind of growing on me. But at the same time, like it's still not my, not my favorite uh, version of the Turtles in the whole wide world. Yeah. it's definitely grown on me but yeah it's 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 not without its flaws yeah well it's just it's kind of its own thing like at this point like i, I feel like it's a lot different than than most what modern turtles kind of is now like like what what then what the original comics and what the 2003 series and even the 2012 series was like the 2012 series takes some notes from this but it's still definitely not the same thing yeah. like this is very much it's itself whatever that is yeah um it kind of reminds me of like really old nintendo stuff where like it just wasn't like as put together and like corporate controlled maybe like just a little looser with everything i don't know i just feel like there's just like a kind of a lack of, of care is all it kind of really is it's just kind oh, of oh yeah <laughs> the kids will eat this up no matter what i write like just just follow the formula give it to the kids I just feel like you didn't really have, you might have had some, but you didn't have as many people that like really loved cartoons still at this point. You know, I, I find it funny because there's like an old, there's a, an issue of, I want to say it's Justice League. Uh, maybe it's one of the annuals or the quarterlies from the 80s. Um, it's during like Justice League International times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just before the 90s probably about 89 where you see um guy gardner like goes in he finds like this old comic book artist that worked on the comic books and he was a kid and so then he's like man you should be still doing these comics kind of thing and this guy's like oh well you know i haven't really been able to to work on anything and and so then guy like takes him and takes him over to like the offices that are working on the justice league comic and you see that there's like chains, like chaining all the cartoonists to their desk. And, you know, Guy Gardner comes over and takes off this girl's chains. And he's like, well, you can go ahead and get out of here. Cause like, we're putting this artist on the book. And she's like, what? He's like, you're free now. And she's like, you're going to make me leave. And he, he's like, what? Like, isn't this a terrible, like underpaid, whatever, whatever job, like mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, you know, then everyone's like, oh no, the chains are here, but those are, those are from forever ago. Like we actually all love our jobs. We love comics. <laughs> He's just like shocked by this concept. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just kind of a, 
one of those things where I kind of wonder if, you know, like writing for cartoons and things like that at this time was kind of just like a stepping stone for writing for TV series or for writing like, like a, a, a different TV series or for like, you know, getting, getting to do what you really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder that too. I know David Wise had a career for quite a long time before this uh, show came out, but then there's guys like a, well, the guy that did Babylon five, who we cannot think of his name right now. He started off in like He-Man. He's written a lot of comics. Uh, Straczynski. J. Michael Straczynski. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's tough too. Cause like, I think it's hard to remember like how big Ninja Turtles was mm-hmm. and like like how how quickly pumped these episodes out and like That's just true. just get it in the pipeline and it'll work. And like like you said, like this was still when cartoons were very much for kids. Like there's there's a definite like shift after Batman the animated series comes out and stuff starts getting on like Cartoon Network and Adult Swim where animation becomes more for adults. But back in this time was very much a, a kid's medium. Mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know. Like if I, I listen to like people that write and like create cartoons now mm-hmm. and you have people like Ciro, you know, like uh, Ciro who wrote a, uh, you know, who kind of created the 2012 series and was yeah. kind of the mind behind that. And he's like, you know, very much passionate about the Ninja Turtles. You know, he had a story he wanted to tell and you see like a lot more of that in children's cartoons. I feel like than you did at this time. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, back in the back in this time, it was kind of just like, yeah, pump it out, push it out, get it out there. Um, and, you know, the kids will consume it. And, you know, I, I guess it just feels like there was there was less care put into it. And I, I say that hesitantly because, like, I don't want to discredit anyone that was writing cartoons and stuff at the time, because I imagine there's probably people that cared and that really did want to do it. And maybe maybe it's just the fact that it hadn't been reformed the way it has become now. Uh, but yeah when there wasn't this whole like geek culture and you know there weren't draws at comic-con or anything like that you know so yeah yeah that's a good point i I, yeah i think it has to just do a lot like a lot of the evolution of culture and geek culture and Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and there's a lot of working on what you did when you were a kid now as well uh you know as you have some of these things like ninja turtles that have continued to Oh, yeah, because like now the people that work on Ninja Turtles have like grown up with Ninja Turtles. And that wasn't the case for the people writing this show, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely not, you know? <laughs> yeah. They had what? The Smurfs? I don't know what people watched before before 1980. <laughs> yeah, Looney Tunes. There we go. That's a much better example. Definitely a lot of Looney Tunes, probably. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Mouse stuff. Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things you watch on Boomerang. Yeah. Bloodstones yeah, yeah. and jetsons all that stuff cool cool are we ready for the news yeah let's get into it this is april o'neill of channel six excuse me i missed my cue i took a drink (laughs) all right um let's start off with some toy news huh yeah we got an announcement um there is a four pack coming from NECA. this is a san diego comic-con exclusive and it is uh, a pack of pre-mutated Turtles characters. So it's uh, Bebop and Rocksteady as the punks in the gang. It's Baxter Stockman as Baxter Stockman, not the fly. And then it is uh, Hamato Yoshi pre-transformation into Splinter. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Especially if you're, you know, looking for those. 
because I've, I've heard people want them. So I guess it's kind of just been a matter of time until they actually finally put them out there. Hmm. So yeah, like I said, uh, right now, SDCC exclusive. So get out to San Diego. I don't know when Comic-Con is. Do you? I don't. I've been I pay attention to stuff for like the convention here in Utah, Fanex. But San Diego Comic-Con is just kind of one of those things that like, Suddenly, I just kind of see stuff for it, and I'm like, "Oh, it's next week! All right, I'll keep my uh, <laughs> eyes peeled for any news that comes out of it." You know? Yeah, uh, it looks like July really. 21 to 24 is is San Diego Comic Con. There you go. Yeah, I mean, these past few years, it's all been like online, and so I just kind of have listened for whenever Kevin Eastman's panel is, or you know, any you know the IDW panels that have to do with Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. and I tune into those, and then the rest i just kind of keep my eyes and ears open to see if i catch any other news yeah that's one of those like i wanted to attend when i was younger but it's just gotten so big I, I, it's just way out of my ballpark you know yeah i i want to do it one day i want to eventually eventually get to it but yeah i i mean i live a little closer than you do though true true but it's right. getting getting everything organized to go to it yeah all right, so that's from NECA. Uh, on the Playmates side, we got an announcement that uh, Playmates is actually doing a crossover with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Street Fighter toys. So uh, it looks like the packs are Leonardo versus Ryu, uh, Michelangelo versus Chun-Li, Donatello versus Ken, and Raphael versus Guile. Yeah, which, man, like I feel like I'm kind of disappointed that with they didn't try to... Uh make them at least look like their tournament fighters counterparts because like you know everyone knows that tournament fighters is kind of like a street fighter 2 clone oh absolutely you know especially the snes version so i don't know like there's part of it's kind of disappointed that they didn't like try to make them look like their tournament fighters things because in that way i feel like the crossover would would work a little bit more yeah but, it kind of seems out of left field it, it reminds me of like the cobra kai crossover it's like yeah it, they never really crossed over though right <laughs> yeah it's like they kind of managed to just like snag these ips that were also popular when the turtles were popular uh i mean cobra kai is new but you know karate kid right uh, kind of what it comes from and so i just feel like they're trying to like do the 80s nostalgia thing there's been a couple of crossover figures with batman and with like power rangers and so i think they're trying to like catch that but they mm-hmm. just can't you know for whatever reason they are never able to actually be the ones to do things like the Batman Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers ones. And so they're just like trying to catch it off of other things that were popular and just kind of feed into that, like kind of eighties, nineties nostalgia thing with it. Yeah. It's like, here they are together in a two pack for some reason. Yeah. It seems like a cool idea. Like I, I would buy into it. I, I'm not a big fan of the turtles toys that they put up though. Like, mm-hmm. so it's, it's like the, the classics body the, the same one that's been re-released a couple times uh with the articulated fingers and toes yeah and so it's like that body but with a new head and then with extra like black paint yeah on the torso area and then all the uh the belt and the elbow pads and wrist uh wraps and stuff are all black as well yeah um, not a not a big fan of it myself yeah it's it's interesting like i'm i'm really curious as to to what their plan is like what they're trying to kind of accomplished with it i guess other than you know yeah. selling toys but just seems like an interesting direction is all <laughs> yeah yeah again like i'm all down for a tmnt versus street fighter i don't know game comic 
13 part Netflix series, whatever. But it just seems weird to me to start with the toys, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. That, that, that's my feelings on it too. Like I wouldn't have any problems with them crossing over with Street Fighter. It's just, it's weird that it starts with the action figure. You know, there, there wasn't an existing crossover to base it off of. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it once again kind of goes to that interesting thing that like Playmates seems to be doing where it's like, Playmates was originally making action figures for kids, or at least that's what the belief was anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now they kind of found it more profitable to aim this at adults. Like once again, like Street Fighter 2 and Ninja Turtles, like that's from a very specific time period. I just don't feel like they're trying to sell these to children. <laughs> yeah. I think toys are no longer a kid's thing for the most part. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like action figures yeah. aren't a kid's thing. Yeah. Really, you know, because the kids have moved on to video games. It's kind of the the thing video games and legos i don't know that was kind of the big thing when i was a kid was legos i didn't really have a whole lot of action figures unless you count bionicles but i had a ton of legos bionicles are just action figure legos though right yeah yeah they are <laughs> that was my line of action figures them and there was also knight's kingdom i don't know that one that's probably a blast from the past for anyone that was that's my age but knight's kingdom it was kind of similar to bionicles different different kind of construction for how they go together I'd have no idea how to describe the pieces, but they were pretty much same size as Bionicles, but they were just knights. Uh, you kind of had just like, I had the green one because green's my favorite color. So I always got the green one of everything. Uh, and also he was cool. He had a monkey sword, you know? So. A monkey sword? Yeah, like it's a sword, but then it had like a monkey head on it and... And like its tail wrapped up the blade, kind of thing, like as part of the design. Uh, was the monkey handle on? Was the monkey head on the handle? Yes, like like like, like, like part of the cross guard was the monkey head, and then like I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember this. I my memories have become very vague. They made a video game of this, Spencer. They made a whole video game of Knights Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I it's a Game Boy game. Oh, it was I, in 2004. I, I never had a Game Boy. Game Boy Advance, excuse me. Yeah. I, I didn't have a Game Boy Advance either. <laughs> oh, you you poor child. I know, I was depraved. <laughs> okay, these look cool. Yeah, they're they're pretty neat. I liked them. Maybe it wasn't my, oh yeah, because he has the, the eagle. Holy cow, someone's selling these on eBay. Oh, they're 40 bucks. I don't know, maybe I'll spend 40 bucks and get them just for the... <laughs> there you go. Just so I can look at it. Just so you can show off the monkey sword. Just so I can show off the monkey sword. I'm trying to find it, but man, I have like this vivid memory now of a monkey sword and I can't find it anywhere. Oh, here it is. This is the one. Yes, here's the monkey head, the cross guard, and the, yeah, the tail goes up the blade. Okay, I'm going to send this to you. Perfect. <laughs> uh, for those listening at home, we're still using the same chat that Mike is on. Uh, so he's going to come back and be like, what the heck are you guys what, what are all these pictures? what are all these pictures sending back and forth <laughs> yeah so i think this is probably like the second gen knight's kingdom because i think what the ones i just saw earlier were like the first gen ones so i had sir Raskus, who was the green one each of them had like an animal i have no idea what the animal had to do with with them as a person other than it was just the theme and aesthetic mm-hmm. so his was the monkey there was a blue one my brother had that was like eagle uh there's later villains. Oh, I had this one. His was just a dragon. He was pretty cool looking. I liked him a lot. 
but they're, they're neat anyway that's a whole tangent but knight's kingdom they're pretty much like action figures but like they had more more studs on them than like a bionicle would on like their arms and legs to like attach armor to them uh neat little thing from the 2000s it looks pretty cool yeah those were my action figures those and lego minifigures and then of course nerf guns oh yes oh man <laughs> let me tell you the story of the first time i got a nerf gun <laughs> so it was like what christmas eve I, I was like four or five or something that my dad got us got me this uh nerf gun and it had like two handles it had like a basically like a tommy gun front right so it had six darts that hooked onto that and when you pulled these two handles kind of apart away from each other it hold one and pull one back along the length of the the nerf gun and that would shoot one of the arrows off the front of it okay it held six of them okay um and i it was like i was five and it was for six and up or something like that or i was four and it was for five or up but like i was too small to pull the thing to get the arrow to shoot off uh so so my dad got it out of the box and he like started playing with it and (laughs) he shoots uh shoots me from across the room gets me in the eye shoots my sister in the ear and then shoots my mom in the thigh and like leaves a welt the first three arrows that came out of that injured the entire family and went back in the box for a year (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah i never i never best christmas ever oh i bet i i never never had any instances like that with our dark guns the only one i had that like would shoot way too hard is they had these ones that would like shoot green balls but like i had this so was, okay. the model is called the buzzsaw and you would like essentially crank it by pulling like this uh by pulling a handle on the back but you'd like pull it quickly so you'd crank it which would spin a wheel and you get that wheel spinning really fast and then you'd shoot the green ball and that thing really hurt if you <laughs> if you were too close and you shot someone point blank with that thing mm. you got it really spinning yeah. it, it was not nice huh. but that one got quickly ditched because it's not very stealthy you can hear it from you know a mile away as you're revving it up i wish i knew what that gun was called i could not find it oh yeah, yeah. I, my, my brothers and i got really into to nerf guns for a little bit so that's why i remember its name yeah but <laughs> yeah this this one was like you know that like pistol one that has like the big uh revolver part in the front like everybody's got that one right yeah this was like a, a larger version of that a larger two-handed version of that okay yeah if i find it i'll show it to you anyhow um what other news we got oh shredder's revenge yes shredder's revenge uh we have a physical release coming out and like actual things and a couple collector's editions that have come out that it's a shame Mike's not here because he'd have like all the details on those, but it looks like there's two different like collector's editions. It looks like the physical editions just come with stickers, which makes me that much more interested in getting a physical edition. You know, I needed, I need a Ninja Turtle sticker for my hard hat still at work. So. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking on Reddit. I was, I was also banking on Mike having all these details down. I'll be frank with you. Um, so it looks like it comes with a reversible cover to the to the box art, um, one with Shredder behind them, one with just a brick wall behind them, uh, a sprite stickers, which is what you're mentioning, and then also an art booklet. 
Um, and that looks like it might be the standard physical release. And there's also a collector's release that comes with like some pins and some other things. Uh, let's see, pins, uh, a key ring, um, a metal coaster, the soundtrack on CD, and one randomly selected turtle mask. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of want to pick up that standard physical. Also, just because I've bought way too many games digitally on my Switch, and I've like filled my massive SD card, <laughs> and so I should probably you know try to to lighten up on how many things I buy digitally. But I'm just so lazy is the problem. <laughs> it's way too convenient, right? It's way too convenient. It really is. Uh, the only other news as far as comic books go is we have issue 129 came out uh, the day we were recording this, so it'll be a week old by the time this episode airs. And also two weeks ago from when this episode airs, uh, the Best of Rat King is out there. So you got three issues. One's from one is his original tells the TMNT issue in Mirage, and from the Mirage era. The other one's from Ninja Turtles Adventures. The one's published by Archie, and the final one is a story from the IDW series. So you kind of get the three main different uh, versions of Rat King there. Sounds awesome. Trying to see which of the Archie issues it is. TMNT Adventures Eleven. Okay, I actually think that's one of the ones where Raph is in his black suit still. That's kind of cool. And then IDW issue 36. I forget how long Rat King has been in this series. All right, Spencer, if that's all our news, what are we doing next week? Next week, we'll be covering issues 15, 16, and 17 of TMNT Urban Legends, or Volume 3, or the Image Run. I'm going to say this every episode because it might be someone's first episode. So you're, <laughs> you're listening and you're kind of sick of me listing off all the names of the series. Too bad. Too bad. You're just going to have to, <laughs> to endure those five seconds. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, if you liked our show, uh, feel free to reach out to us anywhere on social media. We're at Ninja Turtle PH uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We also have a Discord. Uh, get on one of our socials and shoot us a message and we'll send it your way. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Yeah. So, once again, thank you so much for listening. That's all we have this week. So, until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Where's my binky? <laughs> there we Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's into something while we're recording.
Yeah. <laughs> it's open. If not, uh, I was able to kind of string together about eight hours of sleep last night, so I should be good to go. <laughs> yeah, I. The trick is, uh, the trick is to go to bed at eight p.m. and or go to bed at nine p.m. and wake up at eight p.m. and just be awake for like three random hours in the middle of the night. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. What well, works works. Yeah. For me, I went to like school last week, and so everything is like an hour later than normal. So like oh. I got used to staying up a little bit later and everything, and now it's gone back to normal, and I totally screwed up my sleep schedule. It's always easier. Oh, excuse me. It's always easier to like go to bed later and screw up your sleep schedule than like get it fixed back to going to bed earlier again. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, I know. You, you gotta kind of just keep going to bed later until you sleep through the entire day, and then eventually you'll get back on track with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that just drives me drives me crazy is the like if i want to like read or read a comic book like during the day and i lay down to like read and like sit down to read i'll start dozing off and falling asleep but the second i go like lay down in bed to go to bed i can't go to sleep or like i'll even like try and like you know i'm like okay well reading books during the day helps and i will to fall asleep i will just keep reading and i won't ever fall asleep I, I don't it's a know. quandary i i've had that same issue i don't know what yeah. it is like what what is up with that and if i take a nap during the day then i can't go to sleep at night because my body just won't let me so yeah i don't know what the answer is but i hope i figure it out one day <laughs> if you figure it out man let me know because i've had the same issues i've been like oh, i've been up for 74 hours i'm two hours of sleep time to go to bed i'll go to bed and suddenly i'll be more awake than i've been all week <laughs> yeah. yeah why i have nothing to do i'm so tired i can't get to sleep it doesn't make any sense i live in an apartment it's not like i can get up and do the dishes or something otherwise someone's gonna get mad at me yeah you know? <laughs> yeah exactly uh, yeah it's anyway it's been a whole week like that right so i'm a little tired so a little loopy so uh, it'll be good. Two hmm? two sleep deprived guys talking to each other. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, lots of fun. Oh man! Yeah. And then what other news was there? So the game, the Charge uh, Revenge news. Yeah, there was the game. There I feel was. Like there was something else, but I can't toys. remember. I think that was it. I think it was the game and the toys and new issue came out this week. We did also forget to announce that the best of rat King came out as a book. Ooh. I don't have that one yet. Yeah. It's got his first appearance in Mirage. I, one of his stories and adventures and then um, another one of his stories in, in IDW. One of his stories from IDW. I can't remember which issue it was, but probably just the one that kind of explains what he's all about shows the whole like Pied Piper origin thing and all that stuff right honestly these books kind of seem like here's an introduction to who this character is more than it is like uh I like like granted like a lot of the stuff is you know it's not like they're they're bad stories but I just feel like these books are working more as like an intro to this character or like a an idea of who they are yeah it's a getting people caught up on who they are kind of thing yeah rather than uh 
being like the best stories ever told with this character but yeah because even like if they i'm trying to think if they picked one of his stories from archie like he's only in like two stories and he's not like the main bad guy at all Mm -hmm. in that in that series so huh yeah well like in idw a lot of his story places story arcs like take place over like multiple issues like i like if someone was to ask me like what's your favorite issue of of like idw that'd be really hard for me to pick like one is just a single favorite issue just because like it's all story arcs yeah i've got story i mean i pretty much love the whole thing is the other problem but, <laughs> uh like i i couldn't just like grab a random story arc like i think the one issue i can think of that i really really liked especially and it's mostly on my mind because it came out in this last year that was a single issue that told a single story was this last christmas issue i thought it like did a really good job uh kind of just talking about like loss and stuff around the holidays and and just the silence it uses i think mm-hmm. was, really, was really well done the silence you know quote quotations right <laughs> lack of dialogue maybe lack of dialogue but, i gotta say i really like the the yeah. annual that came out this year with the like whatever that like ghost monster that was chasing them mm-hmm. i thought that was really good yeah yeah that one's good too i'm i'm excited to see where where all this leads up to with Armageddon yeah I'm I'm actually genuinely excited too I'm an issue behind I don't think I picked up 120 what 128 the the one with the one where you actually get to see Venus and she's not just on the last page Uh (laughs) uh-huh I haven't picked up that one yet okay it's it's honestly really interesting like I I've actually really liked Sophie's run after seeing Dr. Barlow like kind of well pretty much since Christmas like there was there was that one issue where like Leonardo feels lonely and goes and joins fight club, which was okay. Uh, yeah. There's after that, like, is when you start seeing Dr. Barlow. Well, it's in that issue, I think is when you first see him. And so like, after you get introduced to him and the punk frog arcs, it's actually really picked up. Kind of yeah. The fight club thing was kind of cool, but it's also like, it kind of, to me, it breaks down the whole idea of mutant town because now just like anyone's going in and out of mutant town to, join a fight club or you know like at first it was like jenica could get in and out but like she's a freaking ninja but now like casey's going back and forth and all these randos are going back and forth you know yeah it's not really uh it's not near as locked down as it seemed to be at the beginning yeah but it could just be with time as i guess maybe things are becoming more lax you know it's not, not true yeah not as big a deal anymore kind of thing they don't explain that but could be something along those lines yeah i don't know i i, I just feel like Mutant Town was created so that you could have like, here's the turtles living in a world that's more like where they fit in kind of thing mm-hmm. and where they belong kind of thing. But it's just like in this tiny city and and it doesn't really go anywhere. Like, so there's been like a lot of things that have kind of built up, but like nothing's really come of it yet. Yeah. Like, like, like it feels like it's always building. <laughs> and yeah. There's, there's like there's a real re- reveal that like the mutagen had gotten into the wildlife when like Lita got kidnapped by that eel monster. And then like we found out that Baxter has been spying on him with Mausers and, and all this other stuff, but like nothing's ever really come of it yet. Yeah. So I'm excited for this next bit. Hopefully they pick up some of that momentum and go with it. Yeah. Have it all kind of pay off with Armageddon game. Yeah. Yeah. There's a part of me that also wonders if like, it's kind of, because i've always talked about like ninja turtles kind of being like 
you know, the outcasts of society and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of me that kind of wonders if it's a little informed. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, Sophie is trying to make any sort of political or social commentary with this. I think it's just from her perspective, because she is a trans person. I think that like some of it comes from that perspective of community and things like that, that have developed. Oh, definitely. Uh, due to the internet and things like that, because of, of those kind of, um, like be with those groups of people. Cause I feel like before, you know, people would relate to the turtles cause they felt alone and like, there was no one out there, but like for a lot of those, like for a lot of like the LGBTQ community, there's like, you know, groups and more things that you can go to now that are kind of like, you know, safe havens or whatever that you can, that you can meet up in. And so I feel like mutant town is kind of inspired by that, whether, you know, how, how intentional or how like direct that is. Yeah, there's definitely themes there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also like themes of I what's the pig woman's name? Sheena mm-hmm. is one of those that like they talk about like their bodies have changed now, which is like something as I understand, you know, trans people would go through as well. So yeah, there's definitely like definitely informed by and there's themes around those kind of ideas. So yeah. And so I think it's, yeah, I think it's definitely kind of informed by that. Cause like, for example, there's the whole perspective of like uh, when Mona Lisa becomes a mutant and contacts her family, her family's immediately like frightened of her and kind of like disowns her in that moment. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I, you know, if I were writing, I would, I wouldn't think of that. Like I would mm-hmm. straight up have just been like, Oh yeah. You know, then they, uh, they're worried about her, but you know, kind of like, I don't know. I just wouldn't, my, my mind wouldn't go there. You know, I, right. I, I wouldn't think that way about it. Yeah, you don't have that experience. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Write what you know is the old adage, right? Yeah. So you know, it is interesting in that respect, and there's you know, there's some interesting things that way. But yeah, yeah and I mean, like a lot of makes it fun to read too. Always, it's always good to get a different perspective on the world. You know? Oh, definitely. No, like like my way of being, uh, you know, my I guess way of feeling strange or whatever like that is is different from someone else's and so it's kind of cool to to see that other other side of the whole thing totally mm, fun stuff yeah <laughs> uh you're still in the uh the the one shot or the free comic book day one right yeah it'd be cool to have like i i don't want to like pressure you into giving it to me no, i better give it believe i have an extra one sitting behind me i need to double check and uh the post office needs to give me my envelopes but then after that probably have one coming your way okay thank you yeah i i really actually really do like the issue a lot like i've i've looked at it probably a hundred times sophie's work that one is really <laughs> good i really like i really like the coloring she uses for it i really like just the whole thing you know yeah her art's changed a lot over the years but this looks a lot similar to like her uh leonardo number one issue that she did for IDW, mm-hmm. um, that kind of older art style where they're a little like uh, little stubbier turtles and whatnot. It fits really well with the old Mirage style. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, because like it's during like that that New Hampshire, I mean the Northampton arc. That's what I meant. Well, yeah, New Hampshire. That like it has that really like soft look, which which worked and was fine for the for that story arc, but like. I guess being the edge lord that I am, like I, I don't really like my soft looking turtles. You know, I like my hard hard edges. I like my thick lines, my uh, you know explosive loud colors, and less of that like faded watercolored look. So, 
this has really, you know, spoken to me and her art as it's changed is, you know, has really spoken to me a lot more than, than when I first encountered her work. Yeah. So it's pretty neat. I'm excited, frankly. Me too. No, I can't wait till, till it finally comes out. Well, should we get recording? Oh, if we have to. I guess that's the whole reason I'm here. But oh, yeah. here's I'm gonna drop it in the chat. This is kind of what I was thinking of. This is this is the first time I I saw her art. Is it the Michelangelo? Uh... Oh yeah, that one. That one's really cool. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, yeah, let's get recording. I, I guess you've already hit the button, but now we can actually start. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I just figured I'd throw some of this in as bonus content. Sounds great. All righty. <clears throat> I want to. I want to call it now. At some point, NECA is going to release a two-pack that's Tempestra and Mona Lisa. Write that down. Uh, okay. <laughs> You're not writing it down. I can see you. <laughs> I'll put it on my phone right now. I'm oh, okay. My notes. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to get off here. Uh, all right. Try and catch some Z's. So we'll see you next week. Yeah. See you next week. Take care. Take care. <laughs>